doing a little bit of high intensity training. You know, there's people out there that just love it to death and, you know, good for you. I hate it. But having a little bit of that per week actually helps boost the the mitochondrial levels in your body, which is just part of the aging process. As we slow down, we age, we move less, our mitochondria count starts dropping in our body. And that's what keeps us youthful. And it's also uh, the powerhouse in our cells that utilizes fat and burns fat. Welcome to the Wits and Weights podcast. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and this twice-a-week podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve physical self-mastery by getting stronger, optimizing your nutrition, and upgrading your body composition. We'll uncover science-backed strategies for movement, metabolism, muscle, and mindset with a skeptical eye on the fitness industry so you can look and feel your absolute best. Let's dive right in. Wits and Weights community, welcome to another episode of the Wits and Weights podcast. Today, I'm joined by Brad Williams, host of the Over 40 Fitness Hacks podcast. I had the honor of being on his show recently, and I asked him to come on here to talk about the unique challenges and approaches for the over 40 demographic. We'll discuss Brad's motivations behind focusing on this age group, how fitness principles can be adapted to our age, and we're going to, of course, debunk common age-related fitness myths. Brad will share his insights on effective training styles, managing stress and inflammation, and optimizing nutrition. And of course, you're going to learn practical strategies for maintaining a strong, healthy lifestyle beyond 40. Over the last decade, Brad owned and operated three gym locations in Orange County and oversaw more than 40 independent personal trainers, each with their unique training styles. He built a loyal following and sought after client trainer community culture within each of his gym locations. Post-pandemic, Brad had to focus more on online training and started his fitness podcast called Over 40 Fitness Hacks. He wanted the show to revolve around his passion for helping the over 40 crowd fight the aging process while still having a social life. Brad, psyched to see you again and have you on the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Philip, for having me on your show. This is great. Yeah, so it's so much fun, man. Uh, the over 40 thing is so hot right now. Um, one of the most common questions I get all the time uh, is you know, what to do for this thing over 40, whatever it is, training, nutrition, you name it. As if it's some magic arbitrary number. And, you know, I kind of want to p- pick your brain on that. Why the over 40 crowd? Let's just start there. Yeah. So, you know, just as a frame of reference in your intro, you know, I've been a personal trainer for 15 years, owned and operated gyms in uh, Orange County. Um, and I think just kind of those were the over 40 crowd was kind of who could afford, you know, private personal trainers or semi private uh, personal trainers, which is what I. I did, you know, I trained a, a few people still kind of catered the workout to each one of them, but, you know, allowed them to share the cost and, uh, just got really good at it. And, and, uh, you know, would always notice the over 40 crowd, you know, talking about their aches and pains and you know, how, how, how much harder it was than in their twenties and thirties. And, you know, I'd always give them some props for that. I get it, but you know, we can still work hard. We can still get there and kind of grind, grind, you know, let's, let's get that motivation as being the personal trainer. And then, you know, fast forward 15 years, you know, doing everything I've been doing and finally turning 40 myself. And now I'm seeing the, the, the problems, you know, it's harder to keep the weight off. I'm tired. You know, you got life, work, life, family balance. And I'm like, oh my God, all these, uh, all these clients were right. It is harder, but you know, I've got that personal trainer mindset where I refuse to quit. I will literally find the, the best ways, the quickest ways, you know, and safest ways to, to, to still get that healthy body, that athletically and um, aesthetically pleasing body, but also, you know, I've I've also kind of changed my mindset to more longevity as well uh, over the last few years. 
So that's that's kind of where I am now. And I, I just, you know, love helping people, you know, being in our 20s and 30s. That was great. But, you know, we had age to help us out on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we have to worry, you know, about a lot more stuff than just how many days uh, we can get to the gym. It doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah, that, that's a solid answer. So first of all, thank you for your honesty on saying like it was the people who could afford it, like initially, because I totally understand <laughs> when I was getting into marketing, I'm like, well, you know, I'm probably not marketing to 21 year olds, <laughs> you know, yeah. I take coaching or whatever. Um, so that's funny. But then you said that, you know, you yourself hadn't quite experienced that yet being in your 20s or 30s at the time. And, and then you kind of aged into that. And now you can really empathize, empathize with your clients, which is also a good point because those listening, you know, we have a lot in that demographic. Um, don't hire a 20 year old coach. Come on, hire the guys that have been through it or grizzled, got the little bit of the gray hairs. You know, we, we understand. <laughs> exactly. We, we understand. Right. And then, and then the idea of, of refusing to quit and like continuing to push uh, appeals to me. And I can relate to wanting to get younger the older you are. Like now that you're in your 40s, it's like, forget father time. Like we're, we're going to figure this out. Or we're going to keep going and making progress. But then the, the idea of people not having age anymore to help them is another good quote you said because folks are listening like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like in my 20s, I could do anything. And now I've got things happening. Like stuff is just happening, whether it's from built up life stress, right? From obligations and their family and stuff like that, or just what happens with your body. So you said you're 42. Uh, I'm 43. We're pretty much the same age in the over 40 crowd. Is there something that you experienced in the last five years that you attribute to age that you just absolutely couldn't relate to in your 30s? Because you alluded to some of that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I just picked 40 as the number, but, you know, I started noticing playing uh, uh, real competitive flag football with a lot of my buddies and noticing some injuries at 32, 35. Those were the first times I saw ankle rolls and, you know, almost some uh, meniscus tears in the knees just from playing a simple sport like that. And I'm like, God, you know, so we train and try to be more functionally fit and do these things. And, you know, it's just, you're just, you're fighting a losing battle. You know, if it, my thing is, if, I mean, if you really love it, and it's got to be part of your life, then you make it happen. But for me, I finally decided that, you know, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to be an NFL athlete. Why am I doing this? You know, there's other things I want to do with yeah. my life. So I pretty much just took sports out, you know, minus some pickleball or, you know, whatever. But uh, that's, that's just kind of the thing. And then right around, I think, 37. Um, I had a pretty uh, prominent uh, lower back injury. And, you know, I always have to tell people it has nothing to do, you know, with the gym or any of my workouts. I always got to put that out there. Yep. But it was, yeah, you know, sure. I was the I was the gym owner. I was running three gyms. I was the accountant, the bathroom cleaner, the marketing guy, the front desk guy, you know, everything, right? Until I can get these gyms going. And part of it was moving equipment around to keep it fresh <laughs> and everything. So one day I was just moving uh, out of one of my gyms, a couple pieces of equipment and, you know, walked in. It was more of a warehouse style uh, gym. And we use these little uh, eye bolts that were uh, anchored into the ground and we hook our uh, battle ropes to it. So they're basically OSHA trip hazards, right? So we usually put orange cones on them when we lift the uh, shed door. Well, I was just in there to grab a couple things. I'm like, ah, I don't, you know, I don't need to do that. Literally, as soon as I went in there, talked to someone, grabbed a uh, uh, A-frame weight rack, about 45 pounds, turned and totally forgot, went, went out, tripped on this thing, lunged out so violently, mm. caught myself and stupidly held onto the rack. And immediately I heard the pop. And basically, long story short, I blew out my L5S1. And oh, it's just a nightmare experience. So 
with with that and over you know a five year period time of two surgeries, tons of chiropractor visits, physical therapy visits, everything. You know, I finally, you know, that's a kind of a shock to uh, you know humbling you and seeing what's what's worth it to you on you know what you can do now, what's in it for your future, and kind of longevity. You know, yeah. stuck with me. Like, how am I supposed to play with my kid later in life? You know, what kind? Of, you know, I want to be able to walk and, you know, deadlifting four hundred fifty pounds is just not my future anymore. E- even though I was functionally sound and safe doing it with all 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 the yeah, yeah. you know personal training principles that I had, but now it's you know I had to adopt more of a philosophy of uh, time under tension. You know, a lot of people have different names for it, doing negatives or slow mo training, and I just call it time under tension. Taking everything I do, slowing it down, you know, instead of one to two seconds to uh, finish each rep of whatever exercise you're doing, I take four to five, sometimes longer, and really get that mind-body connection, control, feel the contraction, but it allows you to use about half the weight. Mm -hmm. So now I've just, you know, given myself that much more time expended on my body as far as joints and, you know, my spine as well. So, and I've been doing great with that. And you know, we'll talk about other hacks that I've learned that, you know, everything is about quality now, not quantity. And it's not just movement and how many times at the gym you can get. You know, there's now sleep, inflammation, different kinds of stress, all these things that I've incorporated that we probably should have done in our 20s, to tell you yeah. the truth. Um, but we just didn't care, didn't listen to our bodies. And we just had so much drive and, you know, that young energy that we just pushed past all those things. Yeah, I'm, I've I've yet to meet someone in that age group who will listen. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> who will just say, "Oh, you know what? What you're saying is very wise, and I understand it's going to happen to me." So let me be. No, it just never happened. You know, we all learn from the school of hard knock. And your your thing about back surgery. So I had back surgery too. I get it. L five S one same thing. So many people listening have you know they get the tendinopathy or the tendinitis or tendinesis, right? Depending on what you call it. Mm-hmm. They get the they have the surgeries um, and. You, you get to this fork in the road. You get to these decision points. The older you get, the more you get beat up of, okay, what do I do now? And I like your the principle of finding something that allows you to continue to train and not using that as an excuse, but also not being stupid and just saying, well, I can do the exact same thing that I did before. So we'll, we'll get into training a little bit because I, I like the idea of modifying tempo, modifying your lifts. It's It's all good. Like I'm not dogmatic about that stuff at all when it's the best thing for you. So Stepping back, what are the big rocks, like the principles for over 40? And again, I know 40 is an arbitrary number, but it's a good transition point. You know, men and women, that's when your testosterone hormones start to decline, you know, put mm-hmm. perimenopause for women. Uh, it's when we all get into mid-career. So all the stress is there. Our kids are like 10 years old, roughly. So what are the principles that do change the approach you have to take, like recovery, joint health, you mentioned, stuff like that? Yeah, so that's that was kind of hard for me to grasp even after the back surgery was, you know, to get to get what I wanted, I would have to put minimum five times in the gym, lifting heavy, you know, to 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 get what I want. And what I noticed was after adopting, you know, this other style of slowing everything down, you don't need to go five times. You know, sometimes I only do two to two days a week. Um, usually I try to get three. Um, but just how how important movement is. It doesn't need to be you know, heavy lifting, obviously you can do, you can do quite a bit with just two to three days. And then your other time spent could be walking, riding bike. Uh, I like rucking with a little light uh, weight vest and movement is really what matters. And, you know, I like to preface, uh, you know, during COVID when a lot of us trainers had to go home, 
you know, we had the luxury of taking some of our gym equipment home and keep it going where our clients, you know, had to use whatever they, they had. And we would still get great workouts for an hour, hour and a half. And then for the rest of the day, we would sit there and do nothing because we weren't even really supposed to go outside, right? Every single one of us gained like 15 pounds. So we did the same workout, got all our protein every day. Yet that was the one problem was movement. You don't realize like how much we were moving, being trainers and go, you know, for me, jumping from gym to gym to gym and just hustling. And now now we're not doing that anymore. And that was the first time I was like, oh my God, movement matters just as much as, you know, lifting to tear down the muscle and rebuild to get that lean muscle mass. Um, And then so going down that rabbit hole, you know, that's why, you know, listening to other experts and just really getting into this over 40 fitness theories of, you know, you you got to start looking at all this stuff and slow down, give your body time to repair. You got to worry about sleeping better, um, supplement stuff only if you can't get it or won't from your diet. There's people that just won't do it. So, OK, we got to supplement it. And then uh, another big one was I really learned the benefit of uh, doing a little bit of high intensity training. You know, there's people out there that just love it to death and, you know, good for you. I hate it. But <laughs> having a little bit of that per week actually helps boost the the mitochondrial levels in your body, which is just part of the aging process. As we slow down, we age, we move less, our mitochondria uh, count starts dropping in our body. And that's what keeps us youthful. And it's also uh, the powerhouse in our cells that utilizes fat and burns fat. So right there is a flag that's saying that you're not moving as much, you're not doing a lot of this high-intensity stuff, you're aging. That's why we're putting on all this fat. I mean, I'm doing the same amount of workouts. I even cut my calories down even more. I'm eating more protein than I ever did. And why am I why am I getting heavier? It's because you're not you're not having that same effect of having all that mitochondria. So that was a an addition I had to start adding in. And sure enough, it was real easy to start boosting that. And without any effort, you know, one day a week started seeing the results start coming in faster. So that's what just kind of threw me down that rabbit hole. And you know, I've got all these different buckets, you know. One for movement, one for stress, one, yeah, Yeah. all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you don't have to master it all, but if you dabble in a little bit of each one of them now, being over 40, oh my God, you can do so much damage. All right. So there's a lot I want to unpack because I love even the last statement you said, dabble in each one of them is is a great way to put it because it, it, people try to do, maybe they try to do too much or maybe they think they have to do everything in every category. Like you said, dabbling, maybe you're, you're, what you're getting at is consistency or, or you know, having that spread of doing all the basic routines and habits in your life, the healthy routines, to some extent. Most people are not doing any, like, or most people are yeah. doing very little. So you're going to be way beyond the next person just by doing some of that. Sure. A couple of principles I want to tie on because before we started recording, we talked about how there's, there's things we may quote unquote disagree on or have controversy on, whatever. And, and we'll probably talk about that at the end and put that in a bonus content for people to listen to. But, um, the idea of doing too much and moderating your volume and frequency. When I hear you talk about the importance of movement, I think of energy flux, right? I think of your expenditure and like, like you said, at the cellular level, you're, you're engaging this. But all, you also mentioned the time under tension principle. And I think there's probably different ways to get to that result because I had a similar experience in the pandemic where I had been doing CrossFit for years, which, but at a, at a like crazy level, I stepped back and just started lifting three days a week. In a sense, I was reducing volume by doing that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I could recover and sleep more and build. Although I was lifting very heavy, but not that heavy because it was relative to my strength at the time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the principle, though, is the same. When people are listening, it's like, don't do too much. You know, realize that your recovery demands are 
higher and your recovery capacity is lower with age. Move, walk, throw in a rucksack, get your sleep. Like these are all super important, right? So thank you for, yeah, I think, I think it was good. Those are the big ones. You can chime in when you want, because sometimes I just ramble. But the, the opposite of that is the misconceptions or excuses people make that are not true with it. Because <laughs> I'm sure you see that as well. Like we just talked about what you do need to be cognizant of. Yeah. What do people say? Well, I'm now I'm 40. So, you know, what do they say? Yeah, well, one when they say, I just don't have time for this. Well, we have we have a solution for that. You don't have to work out as long and hard as you think. And then, you know, others say, well, it's you're fighting a losing battle. Well, I mean, you could say that with any aspect of, of life, right? We're all going to die someday. But my, my thing is when like, I hate to say it, but especially like women, you know, that are kind of uh, referencing their 20 year old bodies in college life and their friends or their friends, kids, like how I can't get back to that weight. I was like, first of all, you, you have denser bones now. It just happens with age. And then eventually it goes back the other way. Um, our body just needs more water. It has survival mechanisms to hold on to more fat. You're going to be heavy no matter what. So the weight, the scale has got to go. Everything is about inches, how you feel, you know, having that muscle to feel functionally well that you can, you know, walk upstairs and do anything you want. And there, I mean, there is a diminishing return as we age of being able to simulate protein, how well our digestive tract works, but you don't give up. You still got to optimize it and just work smarter, not harder. And you can you can get real close. Like I feel like I have my 29 to 31 year old body and I think I can hold that for another 20, 30 years. And I'm barely doing any effort because I've got my routines down packed. You know, I enjoy life. I, you know, that and that's the biggest thing is you got to find stuff that works for you. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about later, but, you know, what I think of for diets and all that. But I never push anything on anyone. Mm-hmm. I I just like being a detective. What we got to find things that make you feel good for, you know, diet wise, you know, things that you like for exercise and just keep you moving. And uh, my, my best thing that I tell clients is, you know, after they've been with me for a while and they're still crying about, you know, oh, I, I don't have my 20 year old body. And, you know, before I talked about that, I was like, huh, let's let's just look at you. Uh, you've been with me for a while and you feel great. And you know, everything. Let's let's put you against your peers, all your friends the same age. How how does that look? They're like, oh my God, I'm so much better. <laughs> like top one percent. Moving yeah. uh, yeah. just, you know, and some of my older clients, how much more uh quicker they are mentally and talking and, and some of their counterparts are just barely, you know, moving, talking so slowly. Like that's huge. No, not everything has to be about the six pack. And and dude, I've I've spent my whole twenties and thirties trying to keep and hold that six pack. And when it comes down to it, you see these bodybuilders who, you know, look effortlessly holding them, but what they're taking and what they're using for dehydration and all these, you know, compounds yeah, and chemicals that they do, of the it, it's not representative. And they only do it for that one Photoshop. What do you think oh, they yeah. look like the rest of the year? I see them. They're in my gym. You know, they, they puff up just like me. And where are so, you? And where are you seeing this? The algorithm, right? You're seeing yeah. this in the algorithm. So, Oh man, the the idea of looking at your peers is really powerful because a few things come to mind, Brad. One is that it doesn't take much to get you there. Like, and you've seen this. You can take someone who's been sedentary, and within gosh weeks, even there are things that can start to, relative to their peers, seem like outliers. Like I've seen people who you know they're starting to get that hunched over posture, even in their late thirties and forties. You know, they work on the desk all day. And then they start lifting weights. And two weeks later, you see them standing up like this, right? You know, 
uh, older folks in their 60s, 70s who have trouble getting off a couch, just a little bit of squatting a week later, they're getting off the couch. Like that stuff is, is life changing. Uh, and, and you talked about like the bigger and denser bones. I, I think that's all funny, right? Because you're right. Women would just like see how much more powerful muscular they are compared to their peers from a little bit of this. It's that's a, I love that approach. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and you mentioned like protein, MPS declines, hormones. Decline. Yeah. All that is a fact. So what are you going to do about it? You, you just do control what you can. Okay. So I actually have a few questions from our members of sure. the Wits and Weights community for you. Uh, I'll sprinkle these in. The first one is really about training and programming. So I think it's a good segue into that. Uh, if we're talking over 40 and your goal is body recomp, you know, body composition, which I'm sure most of your clients are looking for that, hypertrophy, physique, that kind of stuff. What's your general principle for training and programming? You know, not knowing the individual who we're talking about here, just general, what are your principles? Yeah, it's still very similar to how I preached in my 20s and 30s, you know, Everything is about raising your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, building more lean muscle tissue. One, you're burning calories during the workout. Two, you're burning calories while, you know, the aftermath of recovery and the protein synthesis that's happening and the thermogenics, that's burning more calories. And then uh, having a higher BMR, because now you have, you know, three, five pounds more muscle, you're burning more calories at rest, even when you're sleeping than you were before. So that's always been my theory, my whole 15 year career. But now it's just, you know, what changes after 40? Well, we're still going for that. But, you know, like I mentioned before, everything's got to be quality, not quantity. So first thing is we really got to start cleaning up the diet. And if like, you know, one one thing is it's really hard is, you know, some people can do it. But I mean, I can't all my almost all my clients can't do it is get enough protein in the day. Okay, so we tried first real food, but now we got to use protein shakes. Well, you know, I've had bouts of problems with cheaper uh, whey protein concentrate because it was always the cheapest stuff. And later in life, actually found out I had a severe allergic reaction that was building up to that that sent me to the hospital twice, anaphylactic shock. And now I know I have a milk protein allergy that's been building up. And now that I look back in time, I noticed almost every single time I had that shake, I was getting a little itch or something wrong with my lip. And those are all the telltale signs that your body's changing and not liking something. I'm allergic allergic to a whole slew of other things, by the way, but we don't probably have the time to talk about that stuff. So one is just like, we got to start getting quality stuff, stuff that works with your gut. You know, there's all this science and stuff coming about your gut biome and who knows which way to go, right? But easiest thing to do is start journaling how you feel. Like after you eat, after you drink anything, I mean, you should never have that bloating feeling, seeing your liver bloat out. Um, You know, I found out I was allergic to red wine, gluten, obviously the milk, broccoli. Like, where did that come from? I almost had a, you know, about that uh, last year, just a a good amount of broccoli and just had a, not like a severe allergic reaction, but enough to cause enough inflammation, enough discomfort, IBS slightly. And I've noticed that Anytime your body's inflamed, anytime your body's stressed, either you know pain or mental, you know, your cortisol levels raise, your gut's not working properly. And so everything you put in your body is, is just a waste. It's not going to process it uh, correctly. You're not going to get those nutrients until your body has calmed down. Um, and, and so the best results I've ever gotten is journaling and making sure that... I, Everything that I put in my body, my stress, everything is just top notch. My sleep's top notch. 
And then you start seeing the needle just start going like crazy. You're yeah. getting all the results you want. So it's not just alcohol anymore. You know, that was a big thing in our 20s and 30s. Like, well, you know what you're getting yourself into if you're drinking on the weekend that pretty much everything's turning into fat. Well, all these other systems are doing the same thing too. So you have to watch everything now. Yeah. First of all, I feel bad for you, man. <laughs> like all those, <laughs> all those allergies. Cause like, it's hard for me to relate to some people because my body, for whatever reason, is like a tank with anything. I could just put any garbage into it and it's fine, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, other than you're right, some protein powders, you got to watch out. It has certain, uh, certain negative side effects. That uh, depends. But I think that's important, right? Because as we get older, these tolerances start to show up or you may develop an allergen. What I found too, Brad, is people have been living in this state of fog for years, not realizing it until they eliminate it from their diet, right? And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, oh, there's the clarity I was missing. Uh, even alcohol does that to some people. But um, you talked about stress and cortisol and gut uh, kind of malfunctioning and therefore kind of the nutrient partitioning isn't optimal, which is, it's one of these hidden things that people need to be aware of. Uh, The journaling is a great tool. So when you talk about journaling, I assume there's many ways people can do this. Is there a particular way you really like and find that people stick with and find useful when it comes to journaling? Um. I don't really have like an app to use. I'm, I'm okay. real big and just keeping paper. I love Notebook. paper on okay. my to-do list and then little journals like that. But yeah. other clients, they use like Microsoft notes or, you know, or just text it to themselves, but just, just something to, to, to have it. And not, and not only for watching those items. Another one is, you know, we talked about building your routines when you finally feel like what's the best diet, you know, what are you supposed to eat on there? You know, what type of movement you're doing each day? Cause you should do something and you need reminders. So, you know, I have this down and probably in midday or late afternoon, I always see what my to-do list is. Next page is, you know, all these routines. I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to take some uh, fermented uh, food products, you know, because that helps with your gut biome, uh, allegedly. And it, it does feel good to me. But just things yeah. like that or your protein powder, you forgot to take your second shake if, if that's something that was important to you. There you go. So it, it's hard once you start building these to remember day in, day out. And you let three months, six months go by, and then you're like, why is nothing working? And then you go back through this stuff. You're like, I forgot like six of the things I was doing. Yeah. So it's just, that's just how our brain works. You know, some people probably have photographic memories, but no, no, no. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, right? Cause like I used to take two Brazil nuts every day for uh, selenium. Yeah. And I remember that dropped off at some point, and I used to have a reminder on my phone, and I don't anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I should have that back in. Yeah. <laughs> Little things do, like that. <laughs> I do nutritional yeast and eggs for the same thing, but I'll forget a, I'll forget the nutritional yeast for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to write this stuff down. I mean, whether it's a notebook, an app, reminder, uh, I have probably 20 reminders a day for all little things, like take my vitamins, you know, or yep. do this, do that. So yeah, it's, it's human, being human. Okay. So inflammation and stress you mentioned. Physical and emotional, of course, I'm, I'm sure when we talk about stress, which increases with age, and part of it is the, the decades we spent not taking care of our body, like you said, or life becomes stressful with obligations, with family, financial obligations, and so on. So, you know, and I'm even putting you to sleep here, you know, as, as we have this podcast, because we're probably got some stress. <laughs> how, how do we, I'm just kidding, man. Um, for those that watch in the video, he just, just yawns. I was, I was joking. Oh, about. no, I was coughing. I'm muted so I could oh, cough. I oh, didn't wanna... that's good. Oh, I thought it was a yawn. That's so funny. Um, and I only say that, Brad, because I yawn all the time and I feel like I'm offending people every time. Oh, I, I clench my teeth, which is why I have some other issues with teeth all the time. <laughs> it's all good. So uh, the question is, how do we take care of the inflammation and the stress, like where do those come from? And are there some practical things that people can kind of easily do? And then maybe more advanced strategies if you have those. 
Yeah. So for inflammation, as far as like, you know, we already went through that, you know, what you're putting in your body. Okay. You've written all that down. You're feeling great. Your body's never really bloating up. You know, you've, you're working on your, your mental stress, you know, what's going on with work, your family. I mean, that could take some time too, but I'm telling you until you take care of that, my job as a personal trainer, um, and your job, you know, trying to go through this journey, it's just, it's not going to happen or it's going to have marginal results. And one of my favorite stories on that is one of my clients, uh, a female at the time, she was, I think, 32. She had been coming for about a year and she wanted to go the distance, like almost, you know, bikini prep. If, if she wanted to, I'd have to refer to someone else that did that kind of stuff. We got great results. Just couldn't get that last, you know, five to 10 pounds off. I mean, maybe eight pounds max. It didn't matter how much better on nutrition, you know, we gave her more movement, homework to do's and, you know, progressive overload like crazy, like we mapped it all out. And throughout that whole time, you know, I would I was noticing that, you know, she'd always talked about work and how she just hated her coworkers, her boss, and she had jumped from job to job. She's just, you know, I'm that type of person too. I couldn't work for corporate anymore and, and deal with that stuff. But just just the stress, I didn't know how bad it was. And I you know, I was friends with her husband as well. And he told me how bad it was. I'm like, God, this, you know, you need to take care of this. And eventually she got her wish. Her husband got a, like a higher paying job and was able to give her her dream of going out uh, uh, consulting, you know, LLC and doing it on her own. And I don't think it was maybe eight days, nine days. She lost like eight pounds like all the pounds that we were trying to get off and all of a sudden they came off and we had kind of given up on some of this extra work too. So she reverted back to the the lesser time, you know, maybe three, four days a week. And she lost all that weight out of nowhere. That was my first time I've seen the effects of cortisol and how, how that can just sit there and work against you. And, you know, putting seven days a week on it, two workouts a day, isn't gonna, isn't gonna do anything until you solve that problem. Hey, this is Philip, and I hope you're enjoying this guest interview on Wits and Weights. If you're finding it valuable, you can get a bonus conversation we recorded if you're on our email list. Just go to witsandweights.com slash bonus or click the link in the show notes. Insiders on our email list will get a link to the bonus conversation where my guest will give you the exact steps to take related to one of the topics in today's episode. Again, these conversations are only available if you're on our free email list. To get the bonus exclusive content with today's guest, just go to witsandweights.com slash bonus or click the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. So that was more on that side. And then for stress as far as pain, you know, I went through that chronic pain for sciatica. I don't know how bad yours was, Philip, but mine, you know, I got to level 10 and then had to start counting by 10s. I got to like level 70 pain, like. I would have rather put my hand on a frying pan for 10 seconds if you if you would have taken my back pain away. And recovering from all that, still having issues. And I met someone that helped me with uh, a breathing process called diaphragmatic breathing, where basically just, you know, they, people call it like belly breathing too, but learning how your nervous system, if you can calm that down, it's not just your cortisol levels, but it's just your nervous system as well, calming that down. And with within three days of, of doing this style of breathing, like 70% of my pain gone. So it's just the power of, you know, using these systems properly, optimizing them. You got to know about them. First of all, like I've gone down, I've been doing this for a while, interviewing tons of guests. I'm sure you have as well. And you just keep 
learning and finding out new tricks in the trade. You know, I thought I never thought I knew everything about personal training, but I thought it was really good. And until you meet, you know, people that know more. So it's true. Yeah. When they're specialized in the same. I mean, stress is one of those. It's funny because I'm putting together a podcast episode just on stress for the new year because of that. I think this episode might come out after that. But anyway, it's like a, a hidden, like you said, it's this hidden insidious thing that's working against you. And it's probably the one pillar of all the nutrition and training pillars that's like most nebulous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like even sleep, you get sleep. It's like hours and do your sleep hygiene, right? Training, nutrition, all that's pretty straightforward. With stress, it's like, okay, what do I do? You know, like you can't necessarily eliminate sources of stress in your life, although that is one way to do it. But it's also how do you cope with it? So like these breathing exercises and things like that are great. I, I wish there was a kind of a prioritized or kind of simple approach for most people on what to do first. But I don't think it works that way because in reality, everyone's going to glom onto something different, right? Yeah. Like if you told me to, if you told me to meditate, I'm going to say, go pound sand. I me tried too. it. It's not my thing. You know, but if you said go for a walk and that'll, okay, I, I got it. I can do that. You know, like, so we got to meet people where they're at. <laughs> it's exactly. And, you know, for me, I found after I learned this breathing, you know, how boring it is just to sit there, you know, and I want to meditate. You know, I knocked out two birds with one stone. You know, we'll talk about, you know, I, I referenced counting your micro minerals, not just your macro minerals. And we can talk mm -hmm. about that. But vitamin D was a huge deficit for me and taking care of that was a huge one. So I married those two together. So I do uh, my belly breathing while I'm sitting out there getting some sun so I can get some vitamin D. So bam, I enjoy it. I love it. I'm not really meditating. I'm almost like kind of falling asleep. But, you know, I'm getting benefit from both. So it's just finding these systems and routines that are working for you. Yeah, the habit stacking, that's, that's always really good. Okay, so mental health is another thing I wanted to ask about, sort of tied to that, because you know, at least the more I learn and talk to experts, I'm sure you have as well, we see how linked physical health is with mental health. To the extent that I've seen people who suffer from anxiety and depression for their whole life, and they just introduce some sort of fitness routine, and it starts to improve their mental physical health. What, are, what was your experience with that, especially as we get older? You know, and again, the stress probably is tied into that. A lot of women, I, I, I notice, have issues with like anxiety and depression. So, what what are your thoughts on that? I've seen different things from all walks of life and people on on working on that um, and finding it in different things. Some people find it in supplements. Some people find it through nutrition. I'm one of those people, and we can talk about that. What some were just getting more sunlight. Ton of them were, you know, finally moving and getting the endorphins and all those hormones from working out. And, you know, some people didn't like uh, circuit training and weight training, and that's what I offered. So, okay, well, you know, go ride a bike or go do this or go do it outside, something. But for, for most people, it's just know that you have an issue. Know that, you know, maybe there's something out there for some people that there's just no hope. I, you know, you never want to say that, you know, work with your health and wellness professionals on that, that maybe you need more crazy drugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But just don't give up. That's the, the biggest thing. So. You know, being a personal trainer, I'm sure you're the same way. We just, we get to know clients. We kind of almost become a therapist at some point. We don't want to mm -hmm. give too much direct advice, but one I always give is like, I mean, we know this is an issue. This is probably some of the reasons we're not getting the results we want. You got to, you got to start searching for answers for this. And, you know, I've got some suggestions. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor, but you know, you've heard these things. Just start looking for it. And and just write write in your journal. Okay, I tried this. I tried that. You know, I tried a different type of workout. I went and got some sun. And don't give up. And you know, one of the things that I uh, had issues with from pretty much sixth grade all the way to 
you know, my first year in college was pretty mild to semi-severe depression. I don't know about anxiety, but I've suffered through depression. And, you know, people who have depression will never let anyone in the whole world know that they have. it. And, you know, I was one of those people until finally I was like, I just can't do this anymore. You know, you start, you start looking and not really looking for help. Some people need that, but I, I just, you know, never wanted to divulge that to anybody. I just went mm-hmm. down rabbit holes and went on YouTube and, you know, listened to experts on podcasts and started trying out different stuff. And lo and behold, you know, I find uh, peace with uh, changing my nutrition up and going more on a keto low carb diet. And, you mm-hmm. know, I never preach that to anybody because there's no diet that's for everybody. It's, you know, what works for you. And then I, you know, we try that with different clients and find what works. But for me, you know, ever since I did that within less than a week, all my depression, you know, and, and other issues gone. And it's been like that for, I think, six years now. Not once has it ever reverted back. That's so, awesome. I mean, that just tells you that that doesn't mean my story is going to be the exact same for someone else, but just, you know, just don't give up. You got to try different stuff. Never stop. That That's the principle I think you that people want to grasp onto is looking for answers and taking control of your health. In my community, we talk a lot recently about gaslighting, especially for women in healthcare and Again, I want to have some people, some women on my, my show to talk about that. Um, but it really applies to everyone in that no one else is going to give you that answer. And even if you have a coach like us, even if you have a doctor, they may not be the person who has the answer. At the end of the day, you have to take control. And I like how you've tied it back to the journal and really understanding the correlations and the data between this stuff. Because I've seen very simple things like taking ashwagandha, right? Like I know there's yeah. a lot of all of a sudden somebody was in a just a woman who was in a terrible mood for two years and felt like like it was um hormonal and it could be hormonal but started taking a little bit of ashwagandha and it all went away it's like just from that like wow something was deficient and it somehow helped regulate right and you might it's hard to figure out what it is so don't assume other people are gonna know or be able to help and you know take take it everything with a grain of salt and you know find the people that are kind of vibing with you that have helped you but, you know, I've yeah. seen doctors, research scientists, all on both sides, all attacking each other that, no, my way is the best way, know, their, their ways. It's like endless. It's, you can go on a, you know, social media rabbit hole, like looking at this stuff and then all the trolls that are commenting, attacking each other. Oh, yeah. But mine is just like, okay, I understand that side. That's what they're worried about. And my, my side that I kind of believe in, okay, maybe I should, you know, not go overboard. So in, in life, my thing is, you know, find things that work for you. And just do stuff in moderation. Like if you're worried about, you know, I just recently started getting into cold plunging and I saw some doctor, renowned doctor on uh, TikTok that was talking about how the Heart Medical Heart Association doesn't recommend it. And, you know, wh- why would you go against them? Yeah, I just had a p- person, a doctor, medical doctor on my podcast three weeks ago that basically was just trash talking the Medical Heart Association and how he has friends on the board and how they were talking about how they just, just discovered that. They've just totally effed cholesterol and everything about it, but they can't let the world know about it. So it's like, this is what's happening behind closed doors. So, I mean, you know, we can only do the best we can do. I bet you in like 100, 500 years from now, we're doing everything wrong. But, you know, for now, we just got to work with what's working. But you talk about being a detective early on in this this podcast and and the N equals one, like experiment on yourself is what it comes down to. When you when you talk about trying keto or going to keto to help. When I hear people going to carnivore help, I'm like, you know, there's some truth there. So what is the truth? We need to uncover that. And for an individual, that could be, you know, you just changed something that was negative, detrimental for you. You've gotten it out of the way by going to XYZ, whatever it is. It's keto. Now, maybe it's not 
the same thing that's going to help somebody else go to their thing, but try it. it. That's cool. Try it out. Like I've had clients who did carnivore, a bunch of things got resolved, right? Like gut issues and other stuff got resolved, but then we got them out back to a more balanced diet and they were still okay because we identified, okay, it was a couple things that that were in there that were toxic to you. You know what I mean? So that that's, I think, a reasonable approach to take here, not just assume this is the answer. Exactly. And even for myself, like I've even modified back down the other way from hardcore yeah. keto to basically just a low carb diet. And I'm able to sustain everything, all the benefits that I had before. And right. it just works with my lifestyle then. Yeah, so all, your, I, all your intolerances, I could yeah. see how it'd be like, you got to be careful of like, which what's just causing the issue. Exactly. So I think no, no matter what diet anyone's on or regimen or anything, you know, just, you know, ev- I think everyone across the board knows that movement is good. You know, drink clean water, cleaner water if you can, mineralized water if you can, you know, non-processed foods. Almost everyone's on the same page on that. But I think yeah. once we get past that platform, you know, which direction you should take, that's where all the, the fighting's happening. So you just kind of right. got to find it through your own journey. Yeah. And just again, to allude for the listeners, we're going to have a little conversation that's a bonus uh, bonus episode to the e- email list about one of these controversial topics. So maybe it's intermittent fasting. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So one more thing about nutrition is the micros, right? Um, not just ca- tracking calories and uh, macros, but also micros, potassium, calcium, magnesium, so on. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What, what should people track? What's important for those over 40? You know, what's, what's your approach there? Yeah. So I, I came across more of that. Uh, another guest that came on my show was just nerded out on all these micro minerals and all the benefits. And you know, I knew some, I didn't really come from an education on that, but you know, I get my blood work done. My doctor tells me I need to, you know, increase my calcium, increase my vitamin D, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, to really optimize it, and so you got to be careful there because you never know what conditions people have. And always got to throw out there, you know, do this with your doctor. That's what I did. You know, I found a doctor that vibes with me that's more kind of a little bit on the holistic side and, you know, have a frame of reference to bounce stuff off of. And if he okays it, then I, I do some of the stuff I want to do. But basically, this guest that was on my show just said, you know, start counting your microminerals. And, you know, he, everyone believes a different RDA or where it should be. I just said, let's play it safe. Let's just Google RDAs, what's out there in the medical association. And uh, he said, you'll, you'll be surprised that you'll be defi- oh, very deficient in some of these uh, minerals, number one being potassium. I'm like, okay, let's check it out. I was deficient in calcium, deficient in magnesium, severely deficient in potassium, just like he said, high in sodium, even though I was sitting there trying my best to keep that down. And you really, the thing was, you didn't really need to watch sodium too much. If you had potassium high enough to match that sodium, oh, your body works great. And he was right on that. But the other one was vitamin D. Like I mentioned before, I'm a cave dweller. I, I live in gyms. I don't go out ever in the sun, you know, hardly ever. And now that I do more podcasting, it's even worse. So, you know, I had to get a routine in with going outside, getting some sun and then supplement the rest. Right. And so. But how did you, hold on. How did, how did you test all this? Was it like with hair, with just blood work. blood, blood work. Yeah, okay. blood work. Yeah, it'll, it'll show your vitamin D, your calcium, magnesium, potassium, um, all the other ones they don't really test for. But I just, I basically made a graph, took all the RDAs of all the, all the vitamins, all the minerals. Um, and then I discovered a cool website um, when I'm trying to sit here and, you know, use trackers to find all the stuff. And I'd, I'd see uh, all these popular trackers. I can't even remember the most popular one, but, you know, it was more a frame for, uh, users to update stuff and they would totally just skip putting all the the micros in they would only do the macros right right so you didn't know how much potassium calcium phosphorus was in any of this food so uh, a cool website that i found 
was eatthismuch.com. And basically, you could take every single raw food on this planet, and it would tell you all the macros and micros for being in the raw form or cooked, because it does change, and it does matter. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started doing that and just nerded out and made a whole graph on it. And that's how I discovered, oh, my God, my potassium is next to nothing um, and had some other issues, too. And sure enough, I started working on that food first and then supplement if you need sure. to. So more bananas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and on my keto world, I can't have no. stuff like that. So oh, I had to yeah. use more avocados <laughs> and it. a little yeah. bit of coconut water and stuff like that and green ve- and green veggies. So after I started doing that, all of a sudden, I just noticed a lot of bloat, you know, I've, I've always teetered around single digit body fat, but my goal is I want to be able to get back to it, but yet still having a social life. Right. And that's, that's been the the struggle being over 40. Well, I noticed about three pounds of water weight kicked off just by increasing my potassium right there, because that's, that's what potassium and sodium do. Just uh, do a dance with each other. So sodium will hold more water in your cells or in your skin. Potassium will pull it intracellularly uh, into your cells and any excess it'll expel out. So already benefits from that. I felt better in the gym because potassium is, uh, plays a big role in your electrical components of your muscles and just felt amazing. Nice. So that was another thing. I really started pushing on clients and, you know, be careful. I couldn't really write anything for them. I don't have the degrees to do that, but just put it on their radar. So, you know, that's all I do is just start, like you said, playing the detective and trying to find little deficiencies or, or things I can get them to to start looking at. Yeah, I think that's great, especially especially if you have a diet that is restricting something, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it is a keto or vegan, for sure. Vegans are, are probably the most at risk of certain deficiencies that may be found mostly in animal products. Not not. I mean, you could pretty much get everything from plants too. I, I get it, but it's harder. It's a lot harder. So tracking these in some way, I like that. Eatthismuch.com. The app that we use and my clients use Macrofactor also can track your 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 micros. Micros, okay. Be aware of it because some, like you said, it's like stress. It could be hidden in there, some deficiency going on, and that's behind a lot of this. Like poor sleep, maybe it's magnesium. You just you just don't. There know you go. It. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I wanna I wanna reserve some time. I think one more, uh, one or two more questions here. One one was from the community. What about very much older individuals, like pushing their sixties and seventies, in terms of muscle gain? Like, what can they pro- what can they expect if, let's say, they're just getting into it? Now they're training; they're using progressive overload. You know, anything different there? Is it really the same principles? Um, same principles, but just know that as you're getting older, the the one thing is injuries. That our recovery time getting older is just so much setbacks. It can't happen. I mean, right now I'm 43, and it, it can't happen. <laughs> Imagine, you know, my mom is. Uh, Going through osteoporosis, um, she's I think she's turning seventy today actually, and um, she's going through that. She literally just broke her hand doing some landscaping, a very soft fall, and they, she put her hand out, broke both her bones in her uh, forearm, like unbelievable. So that's kind of a thing that we're going to be working on. And she's always been standoffish with working out and strength training, but God, that's it's so great for <laughs> you're building up bones and all that. Yeah, and also calcium playing a big part. But you gotta you gotta worry about these things, and you know that's why I kind of revert back to my doing more time under tension. You can cut half the weight down, you can still progressive overload because you know cut the weight down as long as you can get the four to six seconds doing everything slow like I've been talking about, and you can go up and wait, go up and wait. There's there's mm-hmm. nothing saying you can't do that, and you might still be able to get to the weights that you were doing before. You know, there's yep. 
for sure. There's all these theories of, you know, that that uh, eccentric contraction or doing negatives gives you gets you that ability to recruit more muscle fibers to get you stronger yep. for your other lifts. But I would still, you know, slow down and watch as, the, uh, as you age for those types of injuries. And uh, one of the cool things that I've seen in my life for individuals who have like osteoporosis and that kind of stuff is uh, remember uh, power plates when those were big. Yep. So yep. now there's all these different companies that have like, you know, come in the market, they've cut the price down. But, you know, the whole theory behind the power plate is, you know, it's using G-force by, you know, moving up and down, left and right, back and forward to a certain frequency. And it's been shown that, you know, it's like putting you on Mars or a different planet with just a little bit more gravity. And you can do simple body weight movements with no weights and, and get just as great as results if you were using 20, 30 pound weights. And I've seen that. And one of my clients bought a machine for his wife, and she started reversing her uh, her score, whatever the score was for osteoporosis, sure. going the other way. So that's what I'm trying to work on with my mom now, because she's not a huge fitness buff. She doesn't want to go I mean, to the gym. Great, I'll, tra- right? I'll train her for free. Or this. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For but sure. if I can get her on there for 10 minutes a day and literally just hold a squat, that's it. You don't have to do anything else. You, there's benefit in that. So that's that's going back to that theory of don't give up. Find something that's going to work for that client. Love it. No, but the idea of, of that it takes longer to recover is definitely important, especially if you're getting into it. You still have that level of frailty or fragility. I mean, I definitely seen dudes in their 70s who've been training for 10 years and they're they're stronger than me and you know, they're fine, yeah. probably. But this the recovery is still slower for for other reasons. Okay, last thing. Uh, is there a question you wish I had asked? I know maybe there's some topics we intended to get to and didn't, but is there some burning question you wish I had asked? And then what is your answer? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, we're going to we're going to kind of talk about maybe fasting in the next little segment or whatever, because yeah. I'm real big on that. Oh, uh, longevity uh, uh, things. So, you know, la- I think I've really gotten into that in the last year, year and a half, talking to all these experts and just seeing cold plunging, doing uh, more sauna type red light therapy. You know, everything's about stressors. And in my life, you know, I, I understand that that's the whole uh, business of working out and stressing the body to repair itself. And we knew as personal trainers, like it's not just how much weight you lift, it's you know, volume two. Um, and it's not just about destroying muscle fibers so they repair themselves, it's about getting the stimulus to trick mm-hmm. your hormones into fixing this problem of being under this stress. So now I'm I'm starting to see that you know longevity is a big thing too. And bodybuilding looks great, but at that high elite level, there's nothing longevity about smashing 300 grams of protein every day destroying your body like that when all the science for longevity says we should probably not be working, you know, all this stuff. So right. Low protein, don't work out calorie restriction, all that same yeah. thing. It comes back to where, where do you fit in all this? And and for me and my podcast, I, I want to be that middle ground, the liaison between all those research scientists that are putting out all these things on longevity and all their research on worms and mice. And these are the longevity supplements you should be taking or cold plunging and all that. But also seeing how they look and move. No, I want to, I want to have, you know, a little bit more muscle mass and, you know, feel like a man and still have my world of personal training. So I kind of want to be the middle ground and doing a little bit of both. So, you know, I also cannot avoid making that, that declaration that these guys just, they look like they're about to just break in half and fall over of some disease. (laughs) And you're telling me to live long. If I have to live long like that, forget about it. One of the funny things I, the bang. Yeah. I, so I was talking to my brother about this and he was like, my, one of my goals is to make it to 120. I want to be a guy 120 still 
with some decent size and all that. And he's like, you know, who's got the record? And it's like, uh, you know, some guy in Asia, or I think it was a Chilean mountain man made it to like 133. That's just what's recorded. Who knows what happened in the past and all that. And then I pulled up a picture of him, showed my brother and he's like, shoot me. Yeah. So that's, that's the (laughs) other problem is I want to look good and, and be functionally fit, not just my organs inside this body that's destroyed by the sun and, and, you know, wilderness. All right. So on that positive note, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, uh, no, this has been awesome, man. This is a really good conversation. And I want listeners to know where to find you. Obviously, there's the podcast, Over 40 Fitness Hacks podcast that they can subscribe to or follow right now because they're listening to this show. Where else can they find you? Yeah. So that podcast and then basically just my website, over40fitnesshacks.com. And it's four zero, not spelled out 40. Um, and pretty much those are my main two. I don't do a whole lot of social media, even though I am on Twitter. The best is just to hit my website and I have a contact form on there and yep. uh, just shoot me an email. That's one way to keep stress down. Stay on yeah, social media. That's the other. Uh, okay. So I'll put, definitely put those in the show notes, of course, so listeners can find you. Uh, Brad, this has been a really fantastic conversation. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with me and coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Philip. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wits and Weights. If you found value in today's episode and know someone else who's looking to level up their wits or weights, please take a moment to share this episode with them and make sure to hit the follow button in your podcast platform right now to catch the next episode. Until then, stay strong. Hey, before you go, I want to let you know about a free resource I have. They are free guides on everything from fat loss to eating out to building muscle to managing hunger to figuring out the best macros for you and more being added all the time. You want to get the most out of these podcasts and your time to look and feel your best. And these free guides will give you a quick and easy way to know what to do. If you want to get your hands on these completely free guides, you can head over to witsandweights.com slash free. That's witsandweights.com slash free to get your free guides and level up your results today.